Those last verses that Fiona just read and that we had at the very beginning, be imitators of God. But wonder what that looks like and what can that mean for us today? I don't know about you, um, but as a little girl, quite often we want to be like our mums. So we might find their makeup somewhere and try it on. We might find their jewellery. We might try their shoes on and wander around a little bit. I think some people look like they can relate to that. We want to try and be like our mums. I don't remember doing that, but what I do remember doing is having my little ironing board out at the same time as mum did and would pretend to iron my doll's clothing because I just wanted to be like her. We're going to explore what we need to do or how we need to be to be imitators of God. Now, everything has been leading up to this point in the letter to the Ephesians. Paul last week talked about that being that turning point I often hear from God through words of songs and lyrics, and I've had um, the chorus of a hymn going round and round my head while I've been preparing this sermon. And these are the words. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And I really think that to some degree, the first three chapters of the letter to the Ephesians that Paul wrote is like that. He wants to turn our face towards Jesus, to turn our eyes to him. He's been reminding us of what Jesus has done. In chapter one, he talks about how Jesus brings redemption and forgiveness, that God's plan for his world comes together through Jesus. He talks about how Jesus has authority over everything on earth, including the church. Jesus is the head of the church. In chapter 2, he talks about how Jesus brings new life, that it's his love and grace that have saved us, that it's Jesus' blood that brings all believers together, that he is the bringer of peace. We've had our eyes turned to Jesus, fixed on who he is. And now in chapter 4, Paul is telling us that what he's written before is important. In Hebrews, the letter of Hebrews writes, Fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Keep our eyes on Jesus. If we want to grow to be like him, we keep our eyes on him. Paul is so keen that we do that. He says at the beginning of chapter 4 that we looked at last week, I beg you. He's not just saying do it if you want. He's saying, I beg you, please, lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. You see, this call is because we now know what Jesus has done for us, that he died and rose again, that he defeated death to restore, redeem and forgive It changes how we live. It should change how we live. And that way of living, that call, involves us living together as community of believers, living life selflessly and in humility, with gentleness and patience. These are all things that we looked at last week. A real sense of love which creates harmony and unity. And just before we get to our passage today, Paul says... Why do we need to do this? 
because I want you to grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. You see, knowing the truth, having our eyes fixed on Jesus, knowing his saving power, this all aids our growth in faith to become like him, growing in spiritual maturity, growing to be like Jesus. He starts in our passage that Fiona read to us, saying, I tell you this and I insist on it, don't live how the Gentiles live. Remember, we were talking about this before and after. Don't live how you used to. You're not that anymore. Don't live in the futility of your own thinking. Don't get distracted by the ways of the world. There's a new way. Let's turn our eyes to Jesus. Let's look at this new way. Let's go about putting on this new life. He uses imagery of taking off the old self and putting on the new But how do we know what that new stuff looks like? Paul almost is writing a self-help book on how to become spiritually mature, and his answer is Jesus. You've learnt Jesus. You know him, so now imitate him. Be like him. Put him on. A bit like I might have put on my mum's necklace or her clothes, Let's put on Jesus. Let's become like him. You see, the letter says that gaining spiritual maturity is more than just knowing, but it's about imitating. In verse 24, we read, Put on the new self so that you're created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The Bible tells us that if we want to know what God is like, we need to look at Jesus. The Son shows us what the Father is like. In John's Gospel, Jesus says that of himself. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. You see, Jesus is saying that because they've seen him, Jesus, they've also seen God. They know what God is like. So to imitate Jesus is to be like him, is to imitate God too. So Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So as we grow in our spiritual maturity, we're sealed with the mark of the Holy Spirit. We can grow to become like him. Like I said, as a child, I tried to be a bit of a modeling my mum with the ironing as I became a teenager I didn't really want to be like my mum anymore and I wanted to be my own person and so I I mean I didn't stray far but I I chose a different profession similar but I didn't want to do the exact same thing I didn't want to be my mum I wanted to be my own person but there is no escaping the fact that because I was close with my mum, I knew my mum well, I grew up with her, I loved her, we were around each other. I am very much, there's a lot about me that is very similar to what my mum was like. I scare myself sometimes with the things I come out with and I'm thinking my mum would have said just that if she was here. Or you find yourself doing something and you think, my mum would have done exactly that. I can't deny it, I am like her. I wear her ring, and my aunt says that sometimes when I'm talking, my hand movements even, it's like looking at my mum's hands, apparently. 
There is that imitation, whether I wanted to or not when I was younger, it is here now. I am an imitation in some ways of my mum. And as we as Christians grow in our relationship with Jesus, it's like that I like to think. I would like to think that as well as having a bit of essence of my mother about me, I also have an essence of Jesus. See, by spending time with him and knowing him, I hope and pray that I become more like him, that I show him to other people in how I think, in my attitudes and behaviours. And Paul is saying this. He's saying that as we grow in spiritual maturity, our attitudes and behaviours change. I wonder what our habits are when it comes to reading the Bible and spending time with Jesus both individually and corporately, because Paul very much is talking about spiritual growth, not just as us as individuals, but us as a community together. This growth is occurring with all of us together. You might be thinking, well, I actually want to know Jesus better. I want to understand what the Bible says about him. I want to see him better so I can see how to behave and what to do because of not just because of a list of do's or don'ts, but because of how much Jesus loves us. This is a natural working out. We want to be like him and spend time with him and know him more. So if you are thinking, oh, I would love to to know how to read my Bible better, do, do come and talk to Paul or myself, and maybe we can recommend resources or things that might help you as a place to start. I personally have been really encouraged by attending morning prayer. Um, both here and at St George's and it's a great time of gathering together spending time in prayer with Jesus and reading and reflecting on scripture doing that together has been really enriching so again maybe that's something that if you are able to you could start these are all ways we can grow our relationship with Jesus in order to know him better and maybe in your own mind Jesus is nudging you to to some things that you could do to get to know him better. When I was younger, there was this catchy phrase that went round, WWJD, what would Jesus do? We had bracelets, we thought we were really trendy, but it was, the, the point is that actually, with this sense of us growing to be like Jesus, this renewing of our mind, as Paul puts it, We want to start changing our attitudes and our thought patterns and our behaviours. So just catching ourselves and thinking, what would Jesus do in that situation? This next part of our reading this morning, from 25 to the end, might look like a few throwaway comments and do's and don'ts for us to do or not to do. But all of it is really focused around this sense of we want to grow together and grow like Jesus. This sense of if we're not doing this, in verse 30, we could grieve the Spirit. You see, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Paul talks about that further back in the letter. As Christians, we are to be living temples where the Spirit dwells, with the Spirit living in each of us. And so when we don't live like we belong to Jesus when we don't imitate his attitudes and behaviours, then we do grieve the Spirit because he longs for us to grow and to grow together. And there's the sense within these do's or don'ts, for a better way of saying it, that it's about togetherness, it's about the other. 
So let's have a, a look at these things in a bit more detail. So in verse 25, Paul writes, Put away falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour. I'm not saying here that we should share everything, all our dirty laundry with everybody in this church building right now. I'm not saying that at all. But I think what it's saying is there should be at least someone that we can share things with in our community, in our as our brothers and sisters in Christ, an accountability partner or a close friend, somebody that we can share and pray with those inner struggles, our inner, inner thoughts. Because I think that's what it's saying. We don't want to be lying towards each other, putting on a mask or a facade or, or a falsehood, but we want to be truthful in what, what we're going through in the everyday I've been really blessed that I've got somebody that I do that with, and and it's been great for my own spiritual journey. So maybe think about, are we being open with someone at least in our walk with God? In verse 26, it says, In your anger, do not sin. It's not saying here that anger in itself is wrong. Jesus himself got righteously angry in the temple, in the courtyard, when he was saying, this is a place of worship and you've turned it into a den of robbers. But he's saying that you shouldn't let sin creep into that angry, that angriness. You see, anger can destroy relationships, and all of this, Paul is saying, as we grow, it's about keeping that unity and togetherness. I um, had a friend the other day, um, well, a while ago now, um, they were being really annoying, to put it mildly, and I was getting angrier and angrier about how they were behaving. They were being unreasonable, they were just not really... They were just acting to a point where I got very angry and I thought, if I tackled this now, I would not be very polite in my response. I probably would have lashed out in anger, in all honesty. I got, you know, when you get all internally, you might not. I get internally occasionally. Um, And you know what? I could have easily lashed out, but I went with a deep breath and I went, Lord, I know they don't really mean this. I know there's something else behind this. I just need to take a moment. And I paused and I prayed. And the anger did subside. And I could at a later date address what had happened. But that's part, I think, of that renewing of our minds. That taking stock and account of our attitudes and behaviours. And not instantly. I could have instantly turned around and gone raw. But I didn't possibly have on other occasions no but but I haven't because I wanted to show God's love to to my friend you see our growing to be like Jesus involves our changing and our taking account of our attitudes and our behaviors to one another it's that sense of how we become like Jesus that sense of our checking our attitudes responding in ways that build each other up that don't tear each other down. It's that same principle that are in the following verses. In verse 28, when he's talking about stealing, it's more that sense of actually, that sense of giving to the needy, the needy in the community. Don't take, 
but rather give what you can in the way you can. I've already come across extreme generosity here from St Luke's and I wonder how are we showing individually and together our generosity? How can we practice that this week? In verse 29, Paul says that unwholesome talk should be avoided, talk that cuts each other down. Instead, again like we've said, we should be building each other up, encouraging each other in our walk with Jesus. Speaking words of grace and love to each other. I wonder how often we do have conversations with one another about how our walk with Jesus is going, what's been happening this week, encouraging each other in our giftings and our strengths. How can we build each other up with what we say? You see, we're called as a community of believers to grow in spiritual maturity because of Jesus' love for us, to become like him in our attitudes and behaviours, as we've already said, towards one another. I don't feel I can end any better than reading Paul's last comments. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander. That sense again of let's take that stuff off. We don't need it anymore. We are new in Jesus. And then he says, take all that off with every form of malice as well. Then he says in verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. In one of the the books I was reading in preparation for the sermon, it said that kindness is the highest form of imitation of Christ. What things do we do that show that kindness to each other? Is it smiling at each other down the street when we see each other? Is that a demonstration of our kindness? I'm sure there are many other ways, making a cup of tea or taking around a sandwich... How are we showing kindness to each other? Because of what Jesus has done for us, that motivates us to want to live this way. Because we are dearly loved children. So, this week, how are we going to grow more and more like Jesus? Fixing our eyes on him, spending time with him, growing in his likeness, by changes in our attitude, behaviours, the little acts we do for one another, stemming from those attitudes. How can we reflect God's love for us in how we love one another? Let's think and ponder those things this week and let's put them into action as we put on Jesus day by day. Amen. Amen.